0: Nobody can make you happy. You have to find that happiness within yourself. And and you hear it all the time. It's a cliche, you know, you find happiness within yourself, but it's so true. And I think, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing those wrinkles, um, looking back at you, I really try to focus on, uh, the fact that this body and this skin and this, this entire being, wow, it's been with me my whole life. It's seen mm. me the things. I'm very grateful for it. Um, I'm grateful for the lines that are on my face because there's some good laugh lines there, right? There's some crying lines. I'm today, uh, on the start
1: from within podcast. I'm here with an incredible woman, Jen. i <laughs> Um, who I mentioned in my first episode, um, movement from the inside out. I talked about cycle, the spin studio that really taught me that principle of movement from the inside out. And we're fortunate enough today to have Jen with us. And so we're going to be diving into topics about how she started cycle, why she started cycle, um, her relationship with her body. And just some awesome, incredible lessons that this woman teaches me on her bike every day. And I'm excited for the world to hear. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So um, I just want to dive in and tell me a little bit. So Cycle, um, it's a spin studio in Cleveland, Ohio, specifically in Westlake, Ohio. And... The motto, you know, it's movement on a bike in a dark room going nowhere. Um, So, Yeah. How did you
0: start Cycle? Uh, Why and why did you start it? Well, I, um, you know, I was I was running quite a bit and it wasn't um, great on my body. And a friend of mine actually said, hey, I want you to come and try this spin room you know, this spin class in this room, it was in a big box gym. And I was always um, really um, afraid of all the people that came out of that room because they were in these funny shoes and that clicked when he walked. It was a little foreboding. And, uh, you know, they they there is a joke that um, spin people or cyclists, indoor cycling people are a cult. And I'm putting my air quotes up on that. Um, so anyway, I, I, I agreed to join her and I was completely hooked from the minute I was on that bike, um, mostly because it was loud music. It was dark. It was super easy on my body. I inherently went to the beat of the music. So I found it to be like, almost like a dance, Mm. Um, and I completely forgot I was working out. So I started riding. That was back in 2000, probably 2006. And um, I rode at different places around Cleveland. Um, there was one private studio in Cleveland, but the rest of the studios, the rest of the classes were in big box gyms. So I kind of did a combination between the two and then ended up at one of the private, the first private studio. Um, in Cleveland, I was writing there and, um, met a guy named Ed and was writing in his class, um, which he was the only one at that time in Cleveland that taught to the beat of the music, like specifically that way. And that came from out in LA where he lived, um, which we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but I started writing with him and, and he said, Hey, you know, you really should start teaching. And, um, so I started teaching. I think it was the end of 2008. Um, there were uh, a group of us that rode together all the time, and one of those people happened to be a very good-looking guy named Scott Summers. Um, and I would save his bike, or he would save my bike, and we ended up um, we ended up becoming really good friends, and and later married. Um, but we rode we rode for a couple years. Uh, but the studio that we were at just really didn't promote the type of rides that we're used to, you're used to at Cycle, which is right into the beat of the music. And um, in 2010, uh, Scott and I, after we got married, made the decision that we were going to start to look for a space and open our own studio. So that's kind of how Cycle was born. Uh, we, we went through a couple different names that we wanted to to use. Um, but as you know, our premise is Rock Ride Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, we do a lot of messaging on the bike uh, because we really want to make sure our riders understand that we work from the inside out um, and we don't measure anything. Uh, you know, a lot of studios around the country now, uh, you'll see burn boards where you race people and there's measurement on the bike and uh, RPMs we don't do any of that at cycle. It's all really, you come into the dark room, you shut down your brain and it's a, it's, it's an active meditation for you. So no measurement whatsoever. That's
1: awesome. I love that. I mean, that's part of the reason that I started going to cycle as well as why I keep coming back. Was there something that made you want to have a community where, you know, you don't have ride boards and you don't have those things? Like, was there something in your life that kind of drew you to wanting that?
0: Yeah. You know, I think when I started riding with this group of people, um, I noticed that, you know, you would gravitate towards the same people or the same person in that room. And you, you really do share an energy with the person next to you, and when you're measuring or you're competing, that energy gets lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you are riding next to person next to a person and they have this amazing energy and you're sharing that energy, especially when you're riding to the same beat of the music, it's almost uh, the the only thing I can compare it to is if you go out with your friends and you dance. It's 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 essentially the same thing. It's yeah. Just join it on a bike. Um, And it started to really create an amazing community of people, many of those people back from 2008 that we still to the studio. I have a few writers that have been writing with me for the last 13 years, which is just incredible.
1: I love that. Yeah, I think the community aspect of Cycle is also just such an incredible part. Do you have advice or feedback for people, you know, that maybe are intimidated to get started or they're looking for that community? How did you build such an incredible and consistent community?
0: It's so funny you asked me that because I was on a conference call this morning with someone at my company. I do work full-time, both Scott and I work full-time jobs. And we got on the topic of um, indoor cycling, and she doesn't live in Cleveland. She lives in Florida. And she said, oh, you're one of those crazy people. I'm <laughs> I just, I'm so intimidated by it. And a lot of people say that, or they say they're afraid of of my class, right? Oh, I'm, I could never take a gen class. And I, I think it's, it's really important for people to understand um, that there are all different levels of people in that class, and, and there's no judgment going on. We all started somewhere. I mean, Ali, if you saw me in a yoga class, you would laugh hysterically. Like a baby giraffe on Benadryl, right? <laughs> I, I'm way different at a place in yoga. I'm all over the place. You know, we don't have to, it's really important for people to understand that we don't have to be the best at it. We mm-hmm. just have to, um, Be our be our best person to ourselves, and um, and and really, if you are, you know, I love to say in a class all the time. If you come here for a nice ass, that's really all you are is an ass. But if you come here to work on the inside, um, it's amazing what's going to happen because you're going to be a better person for yourself. You're going to be a better friend. You're going to be a better partner, a better mother or father. And guess what? You're going to get a nice ass as well. But people are going to want to be around you, right? If you if yes. you fix the inside and work, constantly work on the inside, not fix it, because that's really, none of us are are ever fixed on the inside. But it's a constant work and process. And um, you're doing that by move, moving your body in, in such a healthy way, um, and being surrounded by just the, the, the best energy. You know it. I know when i say to you i can tell immediately if a class is going to be on or off because of the energy in the room and i really work really hard to switch that energy in the room and you've heard me say especially to the front row or the people in the middle of the class hey i really need you guys to lift it up here because i can just feel it it's that that vibration right it's that vibrating high in a room of people that are also vibrating high and, you know, if even if somebody comes in there and they can't show up for themselves, they come in to show up for their neighbor. And in showing up for your neighbor, you end up showing up for yourself.
1: Yeah, man, I love that so much. I I'm so with you. I mean, your classes have taught me what it truly means to move from the inside out, Um, you know, and I think about those times where you're on the bike and you're like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. But, you know, if you're building that resiliency on the bike, like how
0: that translates into your
1: everyday life is just amazing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I can tell um, when people are really struggling in that room and um, you know, I I say to class all the time, you either can or you can't and you're right either way. Right. Mm -hmm. And that translates out into the world. You have a choice every single day that you can make to be happy um, that you can make to do something positive, um, that you can like yourself, um, you have a choice. You either can or you can't, and you're right either way. Yeah. And the people that come into that class and, man, I can tell if they're, they're not making the right choice. And um, I really make it my mission to try to get them turned around, especially in that in that 60 minutes. Um, it's the coolest thing to see. It's the coolest yeah, that's
1: that so much. So one of my favorite, um, I know you bring up the I can and I can't, but the one mindset that you really instilled in me was the I can and I will. Um, yeah. so how, how did that come for you? Is that something that you developed over time? Was that something that you developed over the bike? But like, I feel like that's something that you instill in every class that I can and I will mindset.
0: Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I have, an I'm a middle child, I know that's not surprising to you, (laughs) and I have an older brother and a younger sister, and both were very um, good at sports, and I was kind of the black sheep, bohemian, artsy, you know, not a really good athlete, Um, and I found this, and it really really gave me a lot of, I found this meaning spinning and it really gave me a lot of self-confidence Because mm-hmm. um, when you walk into that room and it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having, you get on that bike and it could be by the first note. It could be by the second song. It's amazing um, the self-confidence you get by the ability to move your body in a certain way and and not only the i can i will i am and i do right not only but the um, the choice of of i'm going to i'm going to stand for an extra 10 seconds right even though i'm I, i'm completely out of breath i don't think i can do this but just the self confidence you get from pushing yourself just a little bit harder than you did the last time it's a huge boost to yourself. And and you know what? You're doing it with 45 other people around you who want to see you succeed. It's just so amazing. And it's such a, you know, everyone I think thinks, oh, it's such a, you know, it's a it's an eye thing when you're in that room, but it's really not. It's a it's a huge group team of people. I like to say, um, you know, when you when you look up and you see a formation of geese and there is the league. Goose, right? And Mm. if you watch it long enough, they switch, right? And then someone else, the other goose, comes up to the front and is leading that pack, and they each take their turn. That's depends on the class, right? Each class, you might have different leaders for the whole class. You may have people each song that lead differently. Mm. But when they're leading, especially as you know, because you're a front row writer. When you have those front row people and they are strong and that energy flows backwards, it's it's just like that that formation of of geese and, and um the energy that you're sharing, um it it instills a self confidence within you. It's amazing to me to see a new rider come in and they keep coming back and they keep coming back and you see first thing you see is you see it click and they get it right and then the next. See over the next couple of weeks is how strong they become. And it's just such a cool thing. Um, it's oh. such a cool thing. It's, it's a gift. Um, It's a gift for me to see that.
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, the empowering community is just something that I feel like I find within fitness, you know? And so with when we're so focused on numbers or the weight or the number on the scale and those things are fleeting. But when we're focused on creating a collective energy and an empowering community that starts from within ourselves, like that's when change happens and that's when you want to
0: come back. Absolutely. You know, when I, when I was young and, and, you know, I, it, it through, um, my first relationship, um, uh, that at my first marriage, I should say, um, and a couple of relationships after I didn't have a whole lot of self-confidence and, um, I absolutely, um, wasn't using my time on the bike to my best ability to increase my self-confidence. And once I've figured out how to do that, it was, and I mean, it, it was life-changing Um, It's interesting because I had a bottoming out in 2014 and this way a slowest period of of my life. I found myself on the way to the studio and I kept thinking I'm such a hypocrite, right? I get up there and I'm saying stuff, but I'm not able to get myself there. And I, I struggled a lot. And I think you could tell. In my rides, I was struggling a lot and I pulled into the parking lot across from the studio and sat there and I just thought, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get up on stage and teach this class. I'm just I'm, I am was bawling, crying. And I started to think about people who I've ridden with or people who I've spent time around and just one little thing that they said or something i hung my hat on just one little shred of light at that darkest time and i remember i um i got myself together um and wiped the snot off my nose and <laughs> i i went across the street and i went in and i walked in and i walked smack into a friend of mine andrea vecchio and um i had i had not been a really good friend to her. I hadn't seen her in a while. I found it really interesting that she was there that day. And um, forgiving uh, me that day. And uh, she gave me a huge hug. And she said, it's gonna be okay. And I walked out on, and I got him on the bike. And I looked out and it was a sold out class. And that was the day things had changed. I made a decision that day that I was going to turn myself around um, and uh, really um, choose happy. That's when I made that choice that I was going to choose happy. I mean, Scott says it all the time. He, I, I, I hate drama. I love chaos. I'm, am I thrive on chaos, right? And I had to quiet my chaotic, uh, mind, um, and really make the choice to choose happy every single day from that point on. And I, I remember I just had a surge from then on in my classes and how I felt they were coming across to people. It was, it was, it's, it's, it literally changed my life teaching from the standpoint on that stage, um, how different it has been since then. Um, Definitely. And that, that that reverberates through your whole life, right? It reverberates. I made, I was making, I made a decision. I was, I was in a job where I had a boss that I did not get along with. I made the decision that I was going to make extra effort there. i made a decision. I was going to make extra effort with Scott and I, I made a decision. I was going to make extra effort with my daughter and my relationships around me changed as my, as my, as my rides in that room change, it's, it's really cool to see. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And when you say like that, choosing happy and, you know, we have the choice. Um, I think something else that you've come to really teach me is just about being vulnerable and knowing that, you know, happiness doesn't mean that we're at a constant state of like, Yay, everything's great, but that we let ourselves feel those emotions because that yes. helps us to feel the happiness even more. So, how does vulnerability play out in your life and um what are maybe some lessons that vulnerability has really taught you?
0: Well, first of all, I think, you know, I think if you can if you can uh if someone allows if someone is vulnerable with you, that's a huge gift, right? That's how I look at it. I a lot of people in that room are so vulnerable with me and the messages I get or the energy they give me during class or, you know, at any time. Um, That's such a gift to me. And it's hard for us to allow ourselves to be vulnerable because we've all been burned, right? Mm. So how do you get yourself... I, I don't I think the biggest question is once you've been burned how do you allow yourself to be vulnerable again and I think it's mm-hmm. in the that we make with the people we surround ourselves with right um you learn that lesson a, a lot quicker the older you get yeah. I okay I now I see someone like that person coming a mile away and I'm not going I'm not going to waste or give my energy to that person or my power away to that person. Um, I choose to be vulnerable. The people that, um, give me that back as a gift, such a gift, um, to have that and, and, uh, and, and never take advantage of it. Um, if someone gives you that vulnerability, it's hard. Um, but you have to, you know, I say, I say it a lot. You have to, uh, you're going to get to the edge and you're going to step off the edge. And they're going to learn how to fly, or you're going to step onto another edge. And, and, uh, and the edge can be anything, but it can also, you know, one of the things that can be is vulnerability mm-hmm. and, and getting yourself to allow yourself to step off that edge and, and be vulnerable with people. And you know what, even at, at, at 51, Um, I'll make a, I'll make a mistake with that. I'll be vulnerable with people. I probably shouldn't allow myself to, and and I'll learn that lesson. It's just about learning that lesson and not beating yourself up over it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Never never try. You never know. So
1: exactly, exactly. Oh man. Um, I want to dive in a little bit about talking about, you know, relationships with our bodies and our movement. And I know we've already kind of alluded to some of these things, but for you, um, And especially, you know, thinking about younger generations and younger females and younger women, how has your relationship with your body evolved and kind of, what does it mean for you to kind of get to this place of body
0: acceptance? And when did that happen in your life? Wow. Great question. I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't, it's a daily thing for me. Um, I think we as women, and I, and I shouldn't say just as women, but I can't speak because for men because I'm not a, a guy. We as women constantly um strive for the perfect body, right? Um in the song creep, uh you know, I want a perfect body, I want a perfect soul. Um at, the older I get, the more I realize I want I, I want a perfect soul before I need a perfect body, right? Mm-hmm. Um it's, I'll tell you a little story. And and again, back up a little bit. Acceptance of our bodies. Um, I'm getting better at it. Um, it's hard when you get older and you go into menopause, it's, it's hard to lose that weight and keep that weight off and, and build lean, strong muscle. That's, that's difficult. It gets a little bit more difficult. You'll see, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I really try to, when I start to go down that that rabbit hole, I try to focus on how good I feel, how happy I am. Um, I can't say that I've ever been happier in my life than I am right now. And a lot of that comes with learning that nobody can make you happy. You have to find that happiness within yourself. And and you hear it all the time. It's a cliche, you know, you find happiness within yourself, but it's so true. And I think, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing those wrinkles, um, looking back at you, I really try to focus on uh, the fact that this body and this skin and this, this entire being wow, it's been with me my whole life. It's seen me a lot of things. I'm very grateful for it. Um, I'm grateful for the lines that are on my face because there's some good laugh lines there, right? There's some crying lines there, but there's some good lines there. Um, But I will tell you a little story. It's interesting. Um, Kennedy was home uh, from school uh, two days ago. And of course, I haven't put on a pair of uh, pants at Button in a long time because (laughs) we're Working from home right now, and I had on a pair of spandex because I was I was you know comfortable. And she looked at me and she said, "How did you get such a big butt?" And immediately I went, oh, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "I just love your butt." She's like, "Where did you get that from?" I wish I had your butt. And I was laughing so hard. And I'm like, "Are you serious?" And she's like, "Mom, you have like the perfect butt." <laughs> in my my downfall to myself in the eyes of someone else someone Mm. who dearly she looks at it and thinks it's so beautiful right Mm, yeah what a cool story because in her eyes this almost 21 year old she thinks that's beautiful and um why can't I think that's beautiful? I started thinking about that with regards to our conversation coming up, and I really wanted to tell that story because it's like, uh, maybe I should look at it and go, wow, that's really beautiful. It, it really, something that at first I was so taken aback by really gave me a really warm, confident feeling. Um, wow. Wow. What a gift she gave me. Yeah, what a gift. I yeah, mean, right? that's that's
1: like I mean, that's part of the whole reason why I wanted to start this even is, you know, I think back to we don't recognize who's watching us or, you know, those young girls, young women, daughters friends, whatever. And they're seeing the way that we relate to our bodies and what we say right. and the way, you know, rather than being like, Oh, I don't have these lean, whatever. It's like, look at what my awesome body can do. Like right. it's walked all these miles. It's fun on awesome, incredible rides. It's right. you know, given birth to an incredible daughter. Like right. that's what it can do. And that's amazing that she was able to point that out. And you bring up such a good point about the things that often we like hate or critique most about our bodies or about ourselves are things that other people are like, man, I wish I had that. Or, wow, how did you get that? Like, I love that story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, and that goes into another topic that I, you know, you had asked was as young girls, how do we instill that positive body image in them? And I think it's a bunch of things. I think it's, I think our media has a big responsibility in that, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving seeing, um, you know, the direction our media is now taking towards um, LGBT transgender women who women in general, right? Women in general, the two movement. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, stand on the, stand on the top of a hill, feminist screaming, you know, pounding my chest. But if you look at at different um, different people in the media and and what they're doing to promote um, healthy living for young girls and um, and for and, and for young boys too, mm-hmm. it's not a gender, um, it's not a gender. Uh, specific problem. It's all of us. We all struggle. Scott struggles with body image. We all do. Um, but if we can teach our kids to accept themselves and pay more attention to the inside, and if mm. happy, um, uh, wow! What what a what a what a different generation they will be when they're in their fifties, right? For uh, sure. And seeking things seeking healthy things that make them happy, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding to, to live in the present moment. Um, I think all of that helps our bodies, right? Um, I say, you know, I say in class all the time, when you pay attention to the breath and how it goes in and out of your body, if, when you really pay attention to the breath, you can't help, but live right in the present moment. Mm When you're really paying attention to your breath and how it's going in and out of your body, you are living in the present moment. And I think for young people, that would be my, my advice. You know, if you can, if you can, if you can really pay attention to living in the present moment, that's going to help not only with the inside, but the outside. Yeah. I just listened to
1: an incredible podcast last night, all about breath work and how, Um, the science behind it and how it's really changing not only, you know, our minds, but our bodies and our relationships. And it's incredible how five, 10 minutes of true present breathing can sometimes do the same or even more than a 60 minute spin ride, you know, not saying that they're interchangeable, but yeah, you bring up a great point with the breath work.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing too, that's really important that I've learned and then I really, you know, we'll talk about Kennedy. I really try to get her to understand is if something doesn't feel good, don't do it. You are in charge of your relationships. You're in charge of your work. You're in charge of your health. You're in charge of your, you know, your love life. If, if you are around people that don't make you feel, feel good or you don't feel good yourself around, don't do it anymore. Yeah. Right. Make that choice and please do something that you love. For mm-hmm. a, Don't be in a job that you hate. Do something that you love. I can honestly say, I love my job. I love my day job. I love being at cycle. Um, and that wasn't always like that. And I'm so grateful that I can say that. I wish I would have learned that lesson a long time ago. If you don't like what you're doing, do something else. Yeah. Just do yeah. something else. Start again. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you said you wish you learned that lesson. Are there other lessons that are things that you wish you would have known um, as a young girl or young woman growing
0: up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, stop worrying about what other people think about you. <laughs> you know, one of the one of the things I love, I don't remember who who said it, but um, it's been said so many times. What other people think about you is none of your business. Mm. Right. It's none of your business. And and, um, you know, Brene Brown, one of my favorite people to listen to, um, she in one of her speeches, she had said, you know, if you go out and try to negotiate your worth, there's always going to be somebody out there who's going to tell you you're not worth something. We mm-hmm. don't negotiate our worth. That's not on the table. That's not up for negotiation. We don't negotiate our worth, whether it be at a job or be in a relationship. We, we cannot do that. Your worth is unnegotiable, period. That would yes. be one of the, biggest things that I would tell a younger generation. Um, and that goes along with, you know, if you, if you, if you're, if you're doing something that doesn't feel good, you're negotiating your worth, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one in the same Yeah, um, that. And I, you know, the, the other thing I would, I would say is don't ever apologize for being emotional. Because when you're emotional, you care, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're emotional, don't apologize for that. That just means you 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 care at such a depth that it's hit you, right? Um, gosh, I want to be around people like that, that feel yeah. feelings, right? I want to be around people who who don't apologize for their feelings, but that just really feel their feelings. I think with what we're going through right now um, in the world um is kind of interesting because I've had a lot of friends say, Oh, I had a, I had a really hard time this morning. Um, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that, but I'm happy to hear that. They're okay to share that with me. Mm, yeah. Um, I had a breakdown this morning or, or on the bike. How many times have you cried on the bike? Right. Oh yeah. Many, a <laughs> times. many, right. time. those endorphins get moving and, and, you know, don't, don't apologize. That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Um, to allow that, that movement, to allow that, the feelings to come out, whether it be, you know, you're screaming and yelling and you and I are singing and need to breathe or you're crying during psychotherapy. It's such yeah. a, it's such a healing thing to be able to feel your emotions. Right. So moving, like, and just being able yeah. to be
1: vulnerable and feel that wide spectrum. I love that. Right. Right. Um, you brought up your daughter Kennedy quite a bit. Um, but I would love to, you know, as a mother and having that relationship with your daughter, um, what are some lessons maybe that she's taught you besides, you know, loving your butt and empowering that, um, <laughs>
0: or, or what are some things that you have also instilled in her? Um, well, I think, you know, one of the things that Kennedy has taught me is to never regret where I've been. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the relationship with her dad was a horrible relationship, but I'm very grateful for it. Right. Because, um, it gave me her. So I would never look back at that relationship and regret it. Um, because I think the universe, the universe, what Kennedy has taught me is the universe puts us in a certain position for a reason. And at the time we may not know what that reason is, um, but something beautiful can come out of that. And and whether it be a lesson or a child or or whatever it is. Um, so just every day looking at her, she's a miracle to me, right? She's been through some um difficult times with me. And she's so resilient and she's so smart and she's so funny. Um, it's just really it's such, it's such a gift to watch that as a parent. And someday you'll, hopefully you'll get to see that. It's such a gift as a parent to see your child, um, learn those lessons, right? It's hard. It's hard to let them learn those lessons, but it's such a gift. So she's taught me resiliency. And, um, I think, you know, what have, what have I, what have I taught her? Well, um, I think you know the biggest thing is really again if something doesn't feel good don't do it anymore that's yeah. okay and and it's you're going to go through times in your life that are it's going to hurt um and you just have to keep sometimes it's an inch at a time sometimes it's a, it's a sprint um mm-hmm. but you have to you know you have to keep your chin up and you have to keep going I say it a lot don't look down Right. We came from there. We're not going back. Right. We we don't evolve from our past. We step into our future. Yeah. So yeah. That's I, awesome.
1: I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that that mindset definitely takes a lot of strength. Right. And so yes. I think something that's hard, not not overly focusing on women, but especially being a strong woman. Sometimes it's it's getting better, but sometimes you're like looked at as being bossy or being too too forward. Um, but I think strength as a woman is one of the most incredible and beautiful things. How have you become so set
0: in your strength and able to stand rooted in your strength? Um, you brought up a great point that I think and hope, um, more women can understand. There is there are women who mistake bitchiness for strength. Mm. Um, being bitchy, being a bitch, and I'm sorry to, uh, there's really no other way to say it. That's not strength. That's actually weakness. Mm. Strength is one of my favorite sayings. Sometimes, and I do tell Kennedy this, sometimes the best thing to do is nothing, right? Okay. So, you have to do and say nothing. That's strength. When someone hurts you or does something to you and you do or say nothing, that's strength. Right. And, um, oh man, have I learned that lesson? I have, I have learned that lesson, but I think how you get there is by honoring your truth. Mm. You honor your truth. And if you can honor your truth, that instills so much strength in you. Because it's your truth, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody can don't let anybody speak your truth for you because it's not going to be your truth. I'm going to speak my truth for myself. That's going to be that's my choice to do that. And and I think understanding that not everybody is always going to agree with you, and that's okay. Going mm-hmm. mean, to speak your truth. There's there's so much power and strength in that. Um, there's so much power and strength in saying no. Yeah. I'm not good with that. I don't need that. No, thank you. Right. One of the first things I learned in the business world is sometimes saying no and nothing else is the hardest thing. But that there's so much power and strength in that. And you don't have to You even say no with a smile on your face. No, thank you. That's it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work for me. That doesn't feel good to me. I don't care for that. Um we laugh all the time. I laugh all the time with my friends. I hate beets, right? And I'm and <laughs> bring this analogy back to you. I hate beets. They're the most disgusting thing in the world. But when you tell people that, no, no, you got to try them. You you've never tried a real beet, right? A fresh beet, <laughs> right? Yeah. Nancy used to feed them to us out of the can, but okay. It, and they just want they want you to like it so bad. Like, no, I don't like beets. I mm-hmm. don't what you put on them. I don't like them. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it's okay to, it's okay that we have different dislikes. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And understanding that that's okay is a strength, right? Yeah. Rooted, rooted in your, in your truth that creates a ton of strength. And until I figured out how to breathe Mm -hmm. to speak my truth, I don't think I had a whole lot of strength. Yeah. I had a whole lot of strengths.
1: Yeah. Um, I think you bring up a great point when, you know, you're talking about saying no. I think that's something I still really struggle with is yeah. setting those boundaries. And one of my favorite lessons that I learned during yoga t- teacher training was when you say yes to everything, you're not living your values. And when you say no to something, you're saying yes to what you are truly a yes for. If you say Absolutely. yes to everything, then who are you? Like, what, right. what do you stand for when you say, no, you're honoring your truth and you're saying, no, I am a no for that because I am a yes for
0: something else. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, um, I love, love what you brought up about boundaries. I, so many people struggle with setting well setting the boundary isn't the problem. it's keeping the boundary right <laughs> and, um, people don't like people especially people who take advantage of you don't like when you set boundaries and, and keep them. they struggle with that but we teach others how to treat us right we, we I'm responsible for my feelings i nobody tells me how to feel I choose to feel a certain way. Just like I choose to set a boundary and I choose to allow people to treat me a certain way and in setting and keeping those boundaries, that's strength, right? Is empowerment. That's you. If you don't keep that boundary, you're giving your power away. If you're setting and keeping that boundary, people will struggle with it, but eventually they'll come around and they respect so much more when you're able to do that. Yes. I love that. I love that. So you speak about your truth. What, what is your truth? Like, what do you stand for? Uh, Well, I think, you know, I have, I have an employee who um, she, she is, she is something I love her to death. You know um, she's from the Bronx. She is a New York woman through and through, but she always says to me, how are you so positive all the time? She's like, all the time. I'm like, why am I moments? But I think, you know, my truth is choosing happy. Um, my truth is, um, laughing and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one who's going to really always try to, uh, lighten the mood and, and choose to see the silver lining in things. Mm. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I never get down or I never, blow up or get mad or, um, anything like that. But I I think if you look at your life as an overall, how you're living your life, I want to be happy in my life. I want to choose happy. I want to, I want to, um, surround myself with people who like me and accept me for who I am. Um, I choose to do that. I choose to spend my time with, um, people who, Um, are happy with themselves. And I think we have to, one of the biggest things about me speaking my truth is understanding I can't speak somebody else's truth for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a a friend that struggles a little bit with depression and I, it's a I I wish I could fix that for her and I can't. Um, And in, in stepping back and supporting her and understanding, not saying, oh, it's just going to be better. You just have to pick happy. You just have to choose. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm mm-hmm. talking about is supporting people through their pain, right? In a positive way, supporting through people through their pain, the work that she's figured out how to do, because nobody could do it for her. The work mm-hmm. that she's figured out how to do has been life-changing for her. Um, and, and, you know, Choosing my happy and speaking my truth, one of the biggest things, again, was just learning that I can't do that for others, including my daughter and my husband and my friends. Um, I have to speak my own truth and, and I have to respect theirs. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And you bring up a great point, especially, you know, if someone is down, it's, it's validating those feelings and saying, Oh no, you'll be fine. Just get over it. Like that takes away so much power from someone rather than being like, wow, that's hard. And I hear you and I'm here yes. so different than being, it's just a simple phrase, but it's so different than taking away someone's power and then right. supporting them through to
0: get to a place of power. It's such, you know, it's, that's so, it's so important what you just said, because I, you know, when you see someone who's struggling with something and you and I have, but we both know each other's struggles that we have been through. I'm, you're not, I'm not, my friend is not that what she's looking for is simply validation that she's mm-hmm. being I'm looking for validation that I'm being heard. Um, I'm looking for love and support in my journey. Right. And um, that is what a, what a powerful gift that you can give to someone instead of, instead of giving them words of encouragement, like you said, Oh, you know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. You're going to just give it another day, you know, validating their feelings everybody wants to be heard right i just want to be heard i just want someone to know what my struggle is and know that i'm i don't need them to tell me it's going to be better I just need them to hear what it is that i'm dealing with and and try to practice a little bit of um compassion right yeah and compassion definitely we all need some more
1: compassion in this world yeah no kidding <laughs> yeah Awesome. Well, I just have one final question that I'm going to be asking everyone I speak with, um, goes along with the theme of this podcast. But what does it mean to you to start from
0: within? Oh, that's such a great question. Uh, you know, I think um, starting from within is making sure that, again, and it goes back to speaking your truth, starting from within means you are working feeling living through your soul and um, and 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 stepping forward with your soul and you're making again decisions and speaking your truth um, with your with your with your, um, your personal, um, beliefs. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm starting from within, not because of anybody else and what they expect of me. It's because of what I my truth Mm. sense. Yeah. I love that.
1: I love that so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. Aw, thanks for having me. I miss you. Oh, I miss you. Thanks for being vulnerable and open. And I'm so excited to share all of these lessons that you have given us. So thank you so much. Thanks, Uh, Allie. Thank you. Once again, this was Jen Kriz, owner of Cycle, Mother, Partner, Friend, and all (laughs) around incredible, incredible woman.
0: Peace to you.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in to the Start From Within podcast. My name is Allison Pesta, and remember, we all have to start from somewhere, so why not start from within? You are always, always enough.